Welcome to Business Rules with Peter Feinstein. Now put aside everything you think you know about business practices today and stay right here for the next hour as you're sure to find some surprises and wisdom to help you play the business game right. Now, here is your host, Peter Feinstein. Welcome to another episode, another show of Business Rules with Peter Feinstein. Every week, I seek to entertain and inform and kind of make you look at the radio and go, what was that? <laughs> Today, I promise, will be no different. I've got a, a, a near and dear friend. Well, he's dear, but he's not that near. We were just talking, and um, I think he had said he's in Florida. Michael, are you in Florida? Actually, at the, mo- at the moment, I'm in Las Vegas. Oh, Las Vegas. Well, stay there, and then we'll meet up, like we talked about, at a show that has yet to come. But, yeah. uh, well. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not staying in Vegas that long. I can't okay. afford that. I don't think anybody can if they're standing at the tables. Okay, so we've already digressed. So here we are, Business Rules with Peter Feinstein. My guest is Michael Grimes, and um, a very unorthodox opening for the show, and that's okay. Um, Michael is uh, kind of an unorthodox guy. Um, He fell in love with video, and the show today um, is, is... I called it falling in love with video in the digital age. So there's a lot for us to cover uh, because Michael fell in love with video production in 1973 at the age of 13. He knew since then that he wanted to work in TV, kind of like before that I knew I wanted to be in radio. And well, here I am and there he is and he's doing the video TV. Um, He graduated from Columbia College in Hollywood, California in June of 1983 with a degree in communications, specializing in TV direction and production. Uh, Michael and I have had conversations that have spanned the globe because his work and life has taken him all over. He's worked in Saudi Arabia. He's worked in Switzerland, Germany, and the UK before starting a production company in his living room in Carson City, Nevada, back in 1994. And, um, you know, it it was probably harder to do that then than it is today because of the advent of um, extremely small integration and all other kinds of uh, scientific and integrated chip technologies. But that's for a completely different show. Um, Back in 84, 94 rather, he partnered with one of the original members of the Ampex team that invented the first videotape machine in 1956, a gentleman by the name of Charlie Anderson. Anderson Grimes Melted, that's the company, started out as a local northern Nevada production company and grew into a national commercial production company by 1998, AGM Video, as they they became to become... to be known and are known today. At one point, their work was being seen by over 200 million Americans every week. In 2006, Grimes sold the company and retired for eight years. Realizing that he liked creating things, Grimes bought the company back in 2014 and has been rebuilding it ever since. Here we sit at, uh, at the, at the turn of the year and, um, and, you know, we're looking at video in a digital age. And so, you know, the questions that come to my mind, um, especially with, with Michael, I mean, and we're so similar in so many ways, um, 
that you knew what you wanted to do from a very young age, and uh, and I felt that same kind of uh, that same kind of draw. Um, it's you know it's they're both long stories, and I think that maybe this hour we can spend uh, talking about how we got to where we are, as well as some business stuff that applies to uh, the name of the show, business rules. Um, but it's not going to be, uh, you know, it's not going to be a regimented and, uh, and tightly knit thing. I think we're just kind of, kind of walk around. Michael, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you, Peter. It's good to be here. I'm glad to know that because it would really kind of suck if you said, I don't know what I'm doing here this morning. <laughs> well, you know, it's eight o'clock in the morning, my time. I got here at two o'clock in the morning. I'm so happy to be on your show. I'm doing it almost without sleep. <laughs> All right. Those are the best kinds. And actually, I was up late last night as well, um, but not for travel reasons, just because uh, it was just a late night. And um, I, I, I can't give you any kind of a firm explanation, but I remember waking up this morning thinking, wow, that was a really fast night. Um, I slept well, um, but I'm, you know, I'm kind of cruising in the same altitude as you, where it's just like, yeah, not a whole lot of sleep and, and it's okay. I'm thinking you were just so excited about having me on the show today that it was so hard to sleep last night. That's it. And, you know, and, and actually, here was the reason I laid awake and, uh, and didn't get my, my early night's sleep, because I was contemplating the very first question uh, that I wanted to ask you. Um, <laughs> no, it's true. It's, it's, it's absolutely true. And I remembered that I've got this resource of questions that allow me to ask the most absurd and inane questions, but they're really thought provoking. So here's, here's the first thing that came to my mind as far as the question to ask and, you know, and you just kind of roll with it. Um, and it's, it's a two-parter or maybe a three-parter. Um, so you've been given an elephant, you can't give it away or sell it. What would you do with the elephant? I think there's an old proverb that says, how do you eat an elephant? Bite by bite. <laughs> so you would? I would feed the village with it. Wow. That's a cool answer. I kind of like that. I bet the elephant would probably not be too thrilled, <laughs> but you know? <laughs> Well, you know, the first thing that came into my head. And that's good. That's a, that's a great answer because it is the, the first thing that came to mind, and I like that. So you've got, this, uh, you've got this amazing past that spans decades um, in video and, uh, and TV production. And um, I've got to believe that, um, you know, that before meeting up with Charlie Anderson, uh, that there had to have been um, other people in your life who um, who were meaningful to you, mentored you, and uh, you know, and gave you direction, or you know, even provided some kind of an aha moment. Who's who have been the biggest influences in your life that that kind of directed you, or guided you, or maybe even you know, introduced you to TV? Well, um, in the in the television vein, the first person who who showed me video was a man by the name of Ted Seymour, and he was a, um, uh, a teacher in the Aramco school system over in Saudi Arabia, and um, every Tuesday at lunchtime, he would drive the 40 miles down to the little camp that I lived in, in the, uh, the school that we had, and he 
taught us a taught a video class, and over a period of six months, I went, "Wow, this is cool! It's like magic." Um, and and it was so so rudimentary back then. It was so simple uh, compared to the technology that we have today. I mean, there's no comparison. But still, even then, uh, the tricks we could do. Um, yeah, I just saw it as magic, and I was 13, and I went, I want to do this, and that was my path, and you know, I wandered a bit here and there. I've sold computers in my life and done other odd jobs in the direction of trying to get into television at times, but um, yeah, it was always one path. I want to do this. So you uh, you mentioned two words, actually three words, that were kind of interesting, um, that I want you to uh, tell a little story about, um, or at least you know, I, I guess put some uh, some meat on the bones. You mentioned Aramco and Saudi Arabia, and you were thirteen or thereabouts. So um, clue us in. I mean, okay. So um... <laughs> what what were you doing in Saudi Arabia? At 13 years of age, and you know Aramco, I know the story, but I want to hear more, and my my listeners definitely want to know. So my parents are both from Oregon, and in the very early 50s, like 1951, my dad went over to uh, Saudi Arabia to be a transportation engineer. Um, my mom and my oldest sister followed. A, 18 months later, uh, my sister, my other sister was born there, and. 1954, and I was born there in 1960. And um, my parents stayed there right up until 1986 when my dad retired after 34 years of working for the Arabian American Oil Company. It was back then just a, it was a perfect life. It was really, it was kind of like living the Donna Reed show or Father Knows Best. It was, um, you know, no crime. Uh, in those days, we used to just go out of the house, hop on your bicycle and ride. And you knew at six o'clock you had to be home for dinner. And um, you just you just didn't worry about a whole lot of stuff. It was a really fantastic place to grow up. Um, and I went to school there from kindergarten to ninth grade. And then from there, we have to go off to boarding school somewhere else in the world. And I ended up in California. Um, <laughs> quite a, quite a different uh, a different culture. Oh, truly. Um, the um, I, It was culture shock when I came to America for a full-time basis. And uh, I was like, wow, okay. Hmm. It was, it was a little different. <laughs> I can well imagine. It's, uh, you know, because I've, uh, I've spent some time in the Middle East and uh, and it's a, it is a completely different perspective and point of view. And people, um, boy, they think and act differently and it's just one of those things where, you know, when you when you go there from here, um, I think it's as much of a culture, uh, a culture shock as, you know, obviously in the other direction. And uh, and the simplicity that you had, you know, the Donna Reed, leave it to Beaver, father knows best uh, type of um, type of scenario is something that uh, I think a lot of people yearn for and uh, maybe wish that that they had had more of in their life. We're, um, we're actually getting close to our first break. Um, but before we go, um, I think um, I want us to uh, I want us to talk a little bit about um, and we'll do this actually when we come back from the break. Uh, so something to pre- prepare for is 
when you were being taught about video, um, and we come back from the break, we'll talk about this, and then we'll we'll talk a little bit more about video and production and the other things uh, that hooked you. But I want to know what the one thing was that, uh, if you remember it, uh, that absolutely positively hooked you and said, this is what I've got to do. But we'll do that in two minutes. Get a cup of coffee. Relax for a bit. We'll be back in two minutes to talk more about what got Michael hooked on video production. Find out what makes the most successful people tick. Keep listening to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com What if you could save 55% or more on your TV advertising? We're Higher Power Marketing, and we can probably save you at least 55% on your TV ad buys. Don't believe me? That's okay. Just go to hpowermarketing.com and see and hear real success stories from real clients. Then ask us to show you how we can save you money, too. Go to hpowermarketing.com. That's hpowermarketing.com. Exceptional media for less. That's hpowermarketing.com. If you think half of your company's advertising is working, but you're not sure which half, we can help. We're Higher Power Marketing, and we help our clients identify which advertising works and which is wasting their money. And then we fix what's broken so they can get more bang from their advertising buck. If you're not sure which half of your advertising is working, call Higher Power Marketing for help at 800-300-9124. That's 800-300-9124. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. The Voice America Live Events Channel is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. Voice America is where you are and where you want to be. Join us around the globe as we broadcast live from some of the most interesting events available. Don't forget to view all our live events, including on-demand access to past events that you may have missed by visiting voiceamerica.com forward slash live events. Find out what makes the most successful people tick. Keep listening to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You're tuned in to Business Rules with Peter Feinstein. Reach out to us with questions and comments at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. Or connect with Peter via email. The address is businessrules at hpowermarketing.com. Now, back to the show. 
Welcome back to Business Rules with Peter Feinstein. I filled up my coffee cup. I hope you did too. We're ready to rock into our next segment. And as I told you before we were leaving, uh, we were going to come back. And, you know, Michael was sharing his story about how he got hooked on video production. And, um, you know, I remember the magic of radio that got me. And we can talk about that if you want to. But I'm more interested in knowing what the one thing that you saw on video when you were being, you know, when it was introduced to you, um, you know, what was the one thing that, that really tripped the trigger and you said, that's it. That is so cool. I have got to be able to do that and more. What was it? Well, I remember it very specifically. I'm not sure if I can describe it since it's a video effect on the nah. phone. <laughs> <laughs> sure you can. But but the the basics was uh, the basics were that we we took two cameras, we pointed one the 45 degrees to the left, one the other one 45 degrees to the right, so their their lens view would cross. I put two people in the middle of the screen, and I had them uh, back to back, and then we were able to do a split screen, and so it made it look like they were facing each other, and then we had them in real life, run away from each other, and it looks like two people are just running at each other, open-armed, and then, boof, disappear. <laughs> okay, now at 13, this was really cool. Actually, cool. at 57, it's still cool. But um, it, that was it. That was the moment, right then. And I remember that so clearly. That is awesome. I think everybody who is, uh, who is dialed in like that has that moment. It's so cool that you remember that. I'm sorry, you were going to say something. Well, it was... It was I saw it as, as magic, truly is just like, this is cool. And evidently, I, I like to deceive people because, um, you know, that's what television is all about. Same with movies. Um, it, it, we don't show uh, real time. We don't show things really how they are. It's, a, it's deception, and that's why people go to the movie theaters to, you know, enjoy a different world that... Uh, and a, a common thing is just simple editing. You see somebody, the, the shot is someone is pulled into a parking spot and they get out of their car and they walk out of frame. And then the next, like two seconds later, they walk into frame and they're unlocking the door to their apartment. Well, it would have taken two minutes to get to that apartment door. And the camera didn't follow along. But, you know, we just, with certain tricks of letting people walk out of a frame, walk back in, um, the audience doesn't... Uh, doesn't care, doesn't realize that that two minutes has passed. They just accept that, and it only took us four or five seconds to do that. So it's kind of deception, but not necessarily. Um, when, you, when you shoot a commercial, you, you see, might see a chef there with a, um, standing in front of, of a kitchen, but what you don't see is that all around him is a studio. But it looks really cool that he looks like he's in a, in a regular kitchen. Sure, there's you know, yeah. 30 people standing around him. Um, that's what I mean by deception, but, uh, it, it was, yeah, it's just magic. I still think it's magic. It's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> and I love, so you- I love pretty pictures and it's a, you know, constant thing that, uh, that I fight is trying to, to make sure that we always make the best looking spots we can. Yeah. But, um, I, I just, yeah, pretty pictures make me want to continue to watch TV. Yeah, that's really cool, and I think that uh, I think there's there's something connective about that. That uh, that statement is true for a, a great many people. Although I think um, you know more and more, uh, what we end up seeing 
um, in uh, and I don't, I don't want to necessarily uh, pigeonhole it into the digital age per se, you know, and give it a name. Uh, there just seems to be um, uh, a lack of attention span to pretty pictures. I think that there's, uh, you know, there's a there's a real uh, a real uh, kind of ebbing away of that attention to that kind of beauty, um, but not everywhere. I mean, there, you know, there are still people like us who who give that attention to detail and uh, and really love the craft of what it is we do. Well, I also believe that that subliminally, the pretty pictures have a, an effect on on the subconscious. Um, People will stare at something that that's pretty longer, I believe, than you know, kind of middle of the road type stuff. If it looks gorgeous, no matter what it is, it could it could be a frying pan, but it just looks gorgeous. How do you not stare at that? Okay, maybe it's just me. <laughs> okay, well, now frying, that I hear those frying. words come out of my mouth, it's like, yeah, okay, I'm a I'm a video junkie. Can I say? <laughs> you know what, though, I'm an audiophile, and so together it's uh, you know it's kind of music to the to the ears and eyes, and uh, and that's a very cool thing. That's a very cool thing. So you had the first incident where you know you remembered uh, you know the two camera setup and the two people and running open arms and going out of frame. Um, where did that take you? I mean, obviously, it took you into the desire to, you know, to to do video production, um, you know. And then there's this, you know, each, you know, each part um, in your story. There are there are some gaps. Um, you know, what were some of the pivotal moments um, and the technological breakthroughs that you remember that uh, that kept renewing that feeling of being hooked and the passion. Uh, that that keeps you uh, keeps you so close to video. Well, um, after that video class of six months when I was thirteen, then proceeded I think four years of hell uh, because I'm in high school now in the U.S. and oh, they're yeah. not offering <laughs> video classes. And here I sit with three thousand other students, most of them having no clue what they want to be when they grow up, and most of them still living at home with mom and dad. I'm 10,000 miles away from my folks. I know what I want to do, and it's killing me. Just killing me. Um, the, uh, the great part of this, though, is I would go back home to Arabia every summer and every Christmas, and summertime they had um, jobs available for us kids, and I got a job in broadcasting at age 16, uh, working uh-huh. in radio at, at that point. But summer of 77, um, still radio, but by summer of 78, TV started to creep in there for me. And um, Aramco was was expanding greatly by 1979, and we were rolling in uh, one-inch machines and incredible edit suites, and they were spending hundreds of millions of dollars on, on video technology. Wow. So each summer, I got to work there. I took a year off between high school and college, between 78 and 79, and had a chance to hang out and volunteer there at, at broadcasting and just play with equipment. And that's another mentor of mine, Mike Skronsky. He was the, the supervisor of broadcasting at the time. And he, uh, even though he didn't have a job for me, he found a job for me one, the, the very first summer in 1976. 
and he was a wonderful man to work for. Um, he'd say, here's a bunch of new gear. You're more than welcome to play with a kid. Just don't do this, don't do this, and don't do that. Everything else, <laughs> have fun, you know? Basically, don't break it. And, um, yeah. you know, don't, if, you, if you think you're going to break it, talk to somebody before you push that button. Other than that, just have fun. And in my early 20s, I'm sitting in a $5 million edit suite editing home movies. <laughs> oh, my god! It was gosh. so much fun. Um, <laughs> so for me, it was constantly renewed every summer when I got to, to play in broadcasting. Oh, um, yeah. Through high school and through college. Now, it made it a nightmare for my college professors because, honestly, I had touched and seen in some of the world's best technology that they had only ever heard about even though they worked in the industry. It wasn't a lot of these machines like a Quantel unit around back then. So, yeah, I was kind of a nightmare for uh, as a student. I'll bet, because you were like, yeah, we've done that before, and, and everyone looks at you like, huh? Exactly. But, uh, <laughs> plus, I Almost, almost the, like back to the future. <laughs> I, I worked in uh, the different formats in PAL and CCAM over there in Arabia. They were one of the few countries that was dual uh, standards. So in America, it's NTSC, and, and over there they had, well, once you get outside of America, everyone seems to know about multiple standards. In America, we only know that, that there's one standard, so it was always a, a problem when they were saying that, that we worked with 30 frames per second in America. I'm like, well, I work with 25 frames per second, and, and that always caused some, some confusion between my professors and myself, but we, we always worked it out. I, I taught them a thing or two. <laughs> <laughs> I can just see it. <laughs> Stick with me, Prof. I'll take you places. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'll take you places. Um, oh my gosh, that's great. <laughs> yes, and and Skronsky, Mike Skronsky from Arabia, ended up going to Switzerland, and he ended up hiring me over there to produce and direct a TV show called Swiss Flavor back in, I think it was nineteen eighty five, eighty six. And that was a lot of fun. I had a great time. Unfortunately, we were ahead of our time by about 15, 20 years. But I got paid, and I got paid to do a, a fun job. And, you know, it, uh, I got to travel Switzerland. Uh, to me, eh, not much better than that. Love that place. Yeah, no kidding. I mean, you get to do what you love, and you get to travel to different places, and uh, and be introduced to all kinds of not only different people um, if you're a people person but if you're looking at video production you're looking at technologies like you had said that you know allowed you to do things 15 years ahead of your time which is uh, pretty impressive and pretty spectacular and uh, undoubtedly um, pretty exciting and um, uh, that's going to be um, our jumping off point for when we come back we're going to go from so the 1980s and 90s and into business. And we're going to talk a little bit about um, some of the things that you've noticed in business and video production. And I want to get your perspective on some of the things that, uh, that brands or potential clients or even current clients of whoever in, uh, is seeking video production, things that they should be asking or looking for from production companies. But we'll do that in two minutes. Stick around and enjoy the break. We'll be back with even more to enjoy on Business Rules with Peter Feinstein. Live 
up to your fullest potential. This is the Voice America Empowerment Channel. What if you could save 55% or more on your TV advertising? We're Higher Power Marketing, and we can probably save you at least 55% on your TV ad buys. Don't believe me? That's okay. Just go to hpowermarketing.com and see and hear real success stories from real clients. Then ask us to show you how we can save you money too. Go to hpowermarketing.com. That's hpowermarketing.com. Exceptional media for less. That's hpowermarketing.com. If you think half of your company's advertising is working, but you're not sure which half, we can help. We're Higher Power Marketing, and we help our clients identify which advertising works and which is wasting their money. And then we fix what's broken so they can get more bang from their advertising buck. If you're not sure which half of your advertising is working, call Higher Power Marketing for help at 800-300-9124. That's 800-300-9124. Become a member of voiceamerica.com. It's easy and best of all, it's free. Start out by going to our homepage or any of our channels and click register at the top. Once you've created an account and signed in, you can create your own custom library, opt into our newsletter, search by show, host, guest, or topic of interest, or browse millions of hours of content across all of our Voice America radio channels. Membership gets you more. Visit voiceamerica.com today to get started and tailor the listening experience to your taste. Live up to your fullest potential. This is the Voice America Empowerment Channel. You're tuned in to Business Rules with Peter Feinstein. Reach out to us with questions and comments at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. Or connect with Peter via email. The address is businessrules at hpowermarketing.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Business Rules with Peter Feinstein. My guest today, Michael Grimes of AGM Video and um, Video Production, Inc., in case you were wondering. Michael, before we actually get into uh, into the meat of the segment, um, let's stop for just a moment. And um, I'd like you to give uh, everyone listening an opportunity to get to know where they can find about find out about you online, find out and take a look at what the work you've done. Um, Give us some of your uh, some of your destinations, whether it's website, social media. Um, if you want people to email you, you can you can give that out. Here's an opportunity. Let her rip. <laughs> well, um, I would say go to agmvideo.com. Um, I'm also on LinkedIn, Michael Grimes, uh, as AGM Video. Um, I don't do a whole lot of social media for the the business. Um, actually, I don't do a whole lot of social media for myself either. Uh, I, I believe in Facebook, but uh, a bunch of the other um, platforms out there I do not actually participate in. Now, I'm sure there's someone like you that was going to tell me that I'm, you know, I'm missing out on some stuff. But nah. okay, then yeah, I'm doing it right. Um, <laughs> that's it. I usually find a web website works well to get people. In most cases. Um, I don't ever talk to somebody cold. Everyone that calls me has been referred to me is, is usually ah. how it goes. Um, okay. Yeah, I don't do a whole lot of, of just out of nowhere uh, having people call me. 
Um, I mean, I, maybe it might be a good thing if that happened, but it's always been really nice when someone picks up the phone and they call me and they go, hey, I hear you're the guy. <laughs> so I'm like, yeah, <laughs> I'm the guy. Tell me what you need. Well, you know, what's your budget? Let's get to it. And, um, and I've made some really long-term uh, clients uh, that way when I, I just say, you know, this is, this is how we do it. You tell me what you got, what you need, and I'll give you the best we can do for, for the budget you've got to work with and your time constraints. And because um, I always get questions like, well, how much is this going to cost? <laughs> ah, yeah, well, that's a great question. And, you know, it's so an there's two questions. Yeah, well, it is, I mean, but go ahead. It's like saying car. So we have Yugos all the way up to Ferraris, Teslas, Bugattis, okay? They're all cars, yet the price is 4000 for one, $4 million for the other. They're both cars. Right. They both get you to the grocery store to get your groceries. Um, but, you know, so I can do the same video sometimes as cheaply as $10,000, but if you had $100,000... We could make it look really, really cool. It's a different. <laughs> it, it, it's a different thing. It depends on on what your. I mean, Budweiser spends millions upon millions of dollars creating really nice looking ads. They could do the same ad for ten grand, but they prefer to give an image of same reason why anyone you know buys a really expensive car or a lot of reasons is there's an image associated with it. So you know, I'm usually. The, a big proponent of tell me what your budget is, how much do you want to spend and then we will pick the right equipment and the right uh, editing style to match your budget for what uh, what you want to do. Um, you know, sometimes you can give a ballpark, but ballparks are I mean, they can be thirty, forty, fifty thousand dollars $50,000 different. Um, well, sure. You know, now in today's world we don't have to rent helicopters, we can rent drones. Um, so, you know, prices have definitely dropped there. But, um, yeah, it's always a tough one when someone says, well, how much is this going to cost? Especially if they don't have a script. <laughs> well, yeah, how do I, I mean, know? <laughs> it's like, oh, well, why don't we start at the beginning and yeah. then I can be a little bit more precise. Yeah, we, we run into that as well. Um, and on the front side, before we before we refer somebody out to someone such as yourself, because you know, we don't we don't do our own video production. We rely on uh, on others, just like you. As a matter of fact, you. <laughs> <laughs> on occasion, yes, this is true. Yeah, absolutely. On occasion, um, it's it's actually rather remarkable how many times clients come to us uh, with uh, stuff already in the can, and uh, and they're they're literally just looking for. Uh, some kind of a pair of hands that will take them from where they're sitting into the media. They've got uh, they've got what they think they need, all done, wrapped up pretty in a bow by uh, by some production company. Um, and I can tell you, sometimes it's uh, it's right on, and other times um, it it needs some adjustment. And uh, and so, but that's uh, that's a that's that's I think an entirely different show. Um, but I want to stick uh, stick to what we were talking about here in terms of uh, you know production and price and cost and budgets. Um, can someone spend um, 
and obviously I think the answer is probably in the question, can someone spend too much or too little and still get what they need from it? Or is it something where there's, you know, there's really got to be a correlation? Well, you can, you can spend too much and still get what you need. It's just you've spent too much. Um, but I have seen too little spent, and uh, you don't really get what you need. It doesn't make the phones ring. Um, yeah. And I hate to see people spend too much. That's, uh, that's crazy as well. There's, there's often, I mean, if someone comes to me with a $100,000 budget and I can do it for thirty, forty thousand. I'm going to say, save the sixty grand. We'll use it. We'll, we'll change this from being a single ad into maybe a two or three ad campaign. Let's make it, you know, interesting. I mean, Geico has has survived that way with this great, constant changing ad campaigns. So, oh my gosh! It, yeah, it's, it's ceaseless. Yes, it it is. But you know, other people can do it if you do. You know, for a lot of pre-production, a lot of planning beforehand, and. and and go, okay, we plan on doing four ads or five ads and do them all in one go. And, and your costs drop tremendously when your production company can go out and shoot five ads in a row rather than do one, you know, wait four or five months and then do another one. It takes time to ramp all that up. So if someone has the foresight to be able to say, yeah, we're going to go for this big time, let's keep it interesting, which you don't find a lot of in DR. Direct response seems to be a this is our product or this is what we're selling and this is it. You know, not, not a constant change up to keep people's attention. Um, you, bring, you bring a good point up because it's something where I think, I think a lot of people don't necessarily or haven't yet necessarily connected in our conversation that both of us are in direct response. Um, you know, I think my listeners know that from me, but I, I didn't introduce you in terms of uh, in terms of your, you know, your part uh, being um, predominantly focused in direct response, even though we talked about you, know, you being in 200 million households in America, you know, right. there was not necessarily, um, you know, a, a pinpoint to that. And, um, and to your point on not seeing uh, a lot of that uh, foresight and forethought in DR, um, the thing that I see as um, as a, an overarching theme in uh, in our niche of uh, of TV advertising is it's all about literally right now. You know, I'm I'm really not gonna sit and rest on my laurels from what happened two weeks ago because what happened two weeks ago isn't paying bills that are happening today or coming tomorrow. Correct. Um, and and my you know the the I think the thing that we get from most of our clients is their time horizon uh, for you know, for comfort or discomfort, whatever it may be, for various things is extremely short. And that isn't a judgment. That's just an observation. It's something where it's, you know, it's, it's, they're very much in the present and uh, they're, they're less concerned, I think, about what happened in the past. And um, I don't think uh, that, uh, that on balance, uh, that they, they give uh, a lot of forethought to, like you had mentioned, uh, you know, four, five, and six commercials as campaigns. Um, I think that that's more more peculiar to uh, the brand oriented type of campaigning, not necessarily the direct response. Um, 
Yeah, but I, I do think direct response could benefit from it. Um, oh, I agree. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm. Like I said, I'm not casting a judgment, and I'm certainly not saying that you know woulda, coulda, shoulda. Um, but I agree, uh, there is a definite benefit and uh, and a huge cost savings. I mean, if you're going to be in business and you plan on being in business next week, next month, next year. <laughs> Yeah. Um, and you're thinking video is going to be one of the ways you're going to have to do this. Um, you know, you could probably save yourself upwards of 30, 40, maybe even 50% in your video production costs by doing a series of five or six spots in one go rather than reinventing the, the wheel. And I'm, I'm not talking about reinventing the wheel per se, but, you know, Dragging out all the equipment, getting all of the permitting, all of the insurance direction, whatever it is you think you need in equipment and personnel, um, you know, pay those costs once. Don't pay them five times. Yep, exactly. And, and you're right. It, it's it's at least 30 percent that, that you're going to save um, by being able to do that type of, of a plan. So the, there's some really good business advice, Peter. <laughs> well, you know, we're here to help. <laughs> you know, entertainment and information. It's uh, it's something where I you know I, I seek to inform, and uh, and we do that. You've got to work with a lot of different people in order to get uh, the things done that you need to get done for for video production for your clients. You've got vendors. I mean, um, when you when you work with uh, with the same groups of people. Uh, vendors, if you want to call them that, over the course of years, um, you know, have you become friends with them, or is it something where you keep people, you keep vendors at arm's length and just let them be vendors, and you can be <clears throat> friends with them? What's you know what what happens there with you on that? Well, I think we have to. I mean, on my end, we have to kind of decide what a, I hire um, some freelancers that I've hired them because they were already my friends because, I, and that's. Why they become my became my friends because well we both like really pretty pictures and cool things and then as time goes on you go you know this guy would be really good to take care of this part of, of this project or um, but there's other uh, truly vendors back in the day when VHS tape used to be duplicated and distributed I used to have um, a fair amount of VHS duplication gear hundreds of, of machines and um, a tape supplier. So you need to buy 5,000 VHS tapes this week. Um, mm. There's a lot of people calling me on the phone um, wanting my business. And uh, I didn't think I was that big of a player. But as time went on, I started finding out that, yeah, you know, when I spend this much money every year, I'm, I'm a top 100 in, uh, in some of these, these organizations that were nationwide delivering all sorts of tapes to other duplication facilities. Um, and I thought, you know, being friends with my vendor, I would get special treatment. And I did. Um, I'd pick up the phone, and, but I, I, thought I, I still thought I was a small uh, player. I thought I was a real small fish. I didn't realize how important my money was to some of these companies I was, I was working with. Um, so making a relationship seemed to be of value to me, that I could call them and go, oh, I forgot to order beta SP tape. Can you ship me out? You know, 50 of them overnight. And um, over time, I realized I didn't need to become friends with these people because I'm, they want my business. 
and they will bend over backwards to get that business. And so even if I don't know them, I can just call them and say, hey, I need some tape sent over. Can you do that? And they will. They'll do what they can. Okay? I mean, it, it's, just, it's just business. It's just mathematics. Yeah, it's fun to be friends with people, and it certainly works for the vendor. Yep. If the vendor can become friends with me, then the likelihood of me leaving that vendor for a different one is uh, slim. Because uh-huh. I, I, have, I have a relationship with that person now. And I've allowed yep. business in that area to become um, friendly. And, well, you know, we don't want to hurt our friends, even though our friends are hurting us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, we're um, we're, we're going to take a break here. But when we come back, we're going to talk more about um, the fact that it's show business, not show friendship. <laughs> And uh, we're going to do that in two minutes. It's going to be a fast two minutes. So stick around, and we'll be back to finish off and, uh, and talk a little bit more about show business. Build your better business. Achieve that goal. Make good on that resolution. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. What if you could save 55% or more on your TV advertising? We're Higher Power Marketing, and we can probably save you at least 55% on your TV ad buys. Don't believe me? That's okay. Just go to hpowermarketing.com and see and hear real success stories from real clients. Then ask us to show you how we can save you money too. Go to hpowermarketing.com. That's hpowermarketing.com. Exceptional media for less. That's hpowermarketing.com. If you think half of your company's advertising is working, but you're not sure which half, we can help. We're Higher Power Marketing, and we help our clients identify which advertising works and which is wasting their money. And then we fix what's broken so they can get more bang from their advertising buck. If you're not sure which half of your advertising is working, call Higher Power Marketing for help at 800-300-9124. That's 800-300-9124. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog, Press Pass? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus, topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. VA Press Pass by Voice America. All access, all the time. Build a better business, achieve that goal, make good on that resolution. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. You're tuned in to Business Rules with Peter Feinstein. Reach out to us with questions and comments at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. Or connect with Peter via email. The address is businessrules at hpowermarketing.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Business Rules with Peter Feinstein. My guest this week, Michael Grimes of AGM Video Production, Inc. 
Michael and I have been talking. Gosh, you know, we have we have literally run the gamut. We've been to Saudi Arabia and back, Switzerland and back. And um, and the last the last segment we were talking um, about uh, show business, show friendship, and uh, and uh, some of the lessons that uh, that you've learned from experience and uh, and theory and um, and just kind of taking a look at how money flows and that it really is in fact business, not friendship, that matters. Um, you know, with with vendors that you can have them uh, and be friendly with them. Um, but having a friendship is, uh, is not necessarily as good for your business and your clients as it is for the vendor. So I'm sitting here and I'm thinking, okay, I'm going into business. I'm going to start a brand new company. And it's something where I think I've been a serial entrepreneur in my head probably a hundred thousand times. So many different creative ideas. Um, but now I'm kind of serious and I'm, you know, I'm going to go into business tomorrow, literally like the day before Christmas Eve. From your perspective, Michael, what are the things, what are the most important things just off the top of your head that I need to know? Well, I'm thinking um, opening up your business the day before Christmas Eve, maybe not a great time to do that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Your business is Christmas tree pickup. Okay, it, then, is. Uh, it is. It is. It is just that. <laughs> you know, it, it might make sense. Um, there are so many different. Depends a lot on on what kind of company. If you're going to be a a retail mom and pop shop in uh, your your little hometown, then it's a different sort of uh, things that you need to worry about. Versus if you're a, a national, if you pull your clients nationally as you do and as well as I do, it's a it's a little bit uh, different there. Um, I think nationally is actually a little easier in some ways, um, less rules to deal with. Uh, when you have your own shop and you have employees, you've got all your state uh, regulations along with the feds and possibly city and county regulations as well. Um, having employees is a first thing I say is get an accountant, get a good accountant, because <laughs> they can answer all kinds of questions and save you a whole lot of money. Um, that took me a while to figure out, but I paid numerous fines over the years just out of ignorance. I didn't know I had to do that. Nobody right. told yep. me. Um, you know, I didn't. I wasn't trying to skirt the, the system in any way at that point. I'm just like, I, I want to do it right, but uh, they're not very forgiving. <laughs> yeah, so, so having yourself. Ignorance of the law is no excuse for not uh, not following right. it, which, you know, it's kind of like, well, if I don't know, how can I? Never mind. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, um, and uh, so, yeah, finding a good accountant, even though it can cost you a, a lot of money in the long run, they'll end up saving you so much headache and, and this and, and yeah, I well, was fortunate. It's, it's kind of like price versus cost in video production or really yeah. anything. Um, you know, do you, you know, if you're, if you don't, if you don't spend a little money, which is the price, then the cost of not doing that could be several times more painful. Yes, absolutely. And, and I've experienced it. Um, unfortunately, my degree is in video production, which is great for making you a video. Not so great about following all the rules of how to run a small business. <laughs> you know, yeah. I, I had to learn that a, a, the hard way. Uh, trial and error. 
what's the um, what's the single well okay get an accountant so that would be the single biggest lesson that it sounds like that you learned in the process what's the uh, what's the runner up real quickly oh runner up to getting a uh, uh, an accountant um, yeah make sure you're properly funded so uh. many businesses fail because they think oh I can open up a store for say fifty thousand dollars. Okay, that's true. You can, but in in the entrepreneur's head, they're thinking, "Oh, it's going to be great. I'm going to open the store. You know, within within a week, thousands of people will be coming in." Reality yeah. is, within years, thousands of people will be coming in. So, fifty grand to open the store, then another fifty or hundred grand to make sure you can keep it open for a minimum of a couple of years. Uh, it depends again what kind of business it is. Maybe. You'll know in six months that it's a failure or a success, but you you need to have a ton of operating capital, and the and yep. majority of businesses in America fail solely because of that. Not that they didn't yeah. have a good idea; they just needed more time to let people know they were there. More funding today has been just a remarkable ride. Um, it has been so much fun having you on the show and uh, I love covering all of the different topics that we've that we've meandered around and through and uh, you know and the thread of it um, has been uh, the common thread and the theme has just been I think you know if I were to look at something I would say um, mindfulness presence of mind and uh, some aspect of self-care regardless of the industry or business that you're in. Uh, Michael, thanks so much for being a guest today. It's been just a, a pleasure and a joy having you on. And, uh, and we'll have to have a second conversation to kind of complete the picture. Have That's a great day. That's what I was thinking. That's yeah, exactly see? what I was thinking. Thanks, Peter. <laughs> I appreciate the opportunity. Thanks so much, Michael. Have a great day. And thank you for listening to another episode, another show of Business Rules with Peter Feinstein. Have a great day. Thank you for tuning into Business Rules. Be sure to join Peter Feinstein for another enlightening program next Wednesday morning at 11 a.m. Eastern Time and 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Have a winning week.